0: Thank you for listening to the Made With Love experiment. My name is Nicole Snow, and I'm the founder and CEO of Darn Good Yarn. This podcast is a look into the lives of makers, women, and entrepreneurs as we dissect what it is that helps us curate life on our own terms. Creativity is not just for some crafting supplies and a pattern. I believe creativity can fuel you to live your best life, and yes, it's all an experiment. Join me as we dive into the world of these special individuals, and my hope is that you take some morsels of encouragement and empowerment so you can go and create your best life. Hey, everyone, it's Nicole Snow. I'm the founder and CEO of Darned Yarn, and you are joining us for our Made with Love experiment. And today, I have Ellen Bergman with us. This show is really about unpacking what it means to be, you know, first a woman, and then you know, a business owner, and then we also have these things called families that take up a good amount of our time as well. And, um, you know, the whole goal of our time today, 20, 30 minutes of spending some time together, uh, you know, me and then also our listeners, I think we're really interested in finding out how you balance everything because, you know, it's not a matter of just even going to work. It's that when you go to work, you have to be creative when you work as well. So there's a lot of brain tugging that goes on here. And I I think, you know, we're just going to unpack some of that today. I would love to learn a little bit more about your business and you talk about your Instagram handles and things like that too.
1: Okay, sure. Um, So I started crochet by Ellen last year. So it's been a bit of a whirlwind because I started pattern designing in 2017 in um, August. Okay. And um, I largely actually started that just because I did something myself and Mm -hmm. I young children. I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And um, I actually have my master's degree in teaching, but with wanting to stay at home with them, kind of me things more on the home front. I wanted something that I could do um, that was just for me. And so that's how it all started. Um, and then shortly after that, I actually um, happened to meet Jessica from the Hupna. Okay. So her children went to the same preschool as my children.
0: Oh, that's so funny.
1: (laughs) And so I actually didn't know her until I met her in real life. And then we got to talking and I was like, oh, you crochet too. That's so cool. And so um, I got to know her and then um, through her and her page, I started kind of networking through the crochet community and got to know a lot of people here in Salem um, that dye yarn and um, design patterns as well. And so it just kind of had this natural organic growth over the past year of getting to know other makers and designing with different yarn companies in the community. Wow, that's really
0: cool. Yeah, it's so you have so there's like quite an ecosystem out there, like a little world of like indie dyers and like the maker movement is really alive and well in your local area.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if it's just being that it's a little colder here in the winter months. And so it naturally lends to itself lends itself, you know, all the yarny things. (laughs) Um, we also have a pretty rich history of um just fiber arts in Salem in general. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of the homesteaders, I guess you could say, that uh started in Salem um at the Willam- uh William Mission uh Will uh sorry wool mill okay. <laughs> um, twister. Um there was that was one of the biggest businesses that started here in Salem was making wool and making wool products like yarn and stuff cool i feel like there's just a lot of people that have that in their history here through their families a lot of women especially knew how to knit and crochet and have Mm -hmm. passed that down to our generation and we've somehow managed to keep it alive and well so it's really cool so how did
0: you learn how to crochet
1: i learned how to crochet from both my grandmas so oh that's um, cool yeah I, I was just around it all the time. My um, on my mom and my dad's side, they both crocheted. My um, on my mom's side, my nana, uh, she crocheted more like blankets and things. Mm-hmm. And then my other grandma, my dad's side, did more like doilies and small like thread art type stuff. Yeah, I got to see kind of a variety of different things, and just watching them, and then they just kind of taught me, and I naturally learned over time.
0: That's cool. My great grandmother did a lot of that really fine work. And like, it's in our, it's in my, at my mom's house. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys have so much time on your hands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I only wish. So, so, so to back up like a year and I, I'm always, I, I'm always really interested to know, like, you know, when someone starts a business, because Darn Good Yarn for me was kind of an accident. Like I wasn't, I'm, I'm kind of an accidental owner. Um, <laughs> But you set, you set out to be a designer for profit, right? Um, yeah. Or was it more like, I just kind of want to do this for a time by myself? You were like, hey, I can make some money at this too.
1: I just when I started Crochet by Ellen, it was for profit. So okay. I had done, um, previously before even designing, uh, my, best friend, my best friend Ashley and I had done um, craft shows and just kind of maker's markets for years mm-hmm. and years. So this is our, we still do them in the winter time, but I do a lot less of the finished products. Okay. Um, so this is our, I think either seventh or eighth year. I don't know. I can't remember. Oh, that's cool.
0: And it's fun to do that with a friend. Cause then you're like, you're kind of both sharing it together, which is kind of nice.
1: Right. And I honestly wouldn't do it without her cause doing the finished items is so much work, like just so much time. And, um, so I just do that in the holidays still. It's a great, um, holiday boost. Mm-hmm. But um, I focus primarily now just on the pattern designing and I did start it um, you know as a for-profit thing seeing the opportunity there to get to do something that I love and yeah I think yeah. it's
0: smart because you know the one, one of the things that I see with a lot of makers is that one of their biggest complaints is the buildup of inventory and just how it''s it's, it's cost intensive and just in terms of organizing it and then keeping things fresh as well. It's not just a matter of ordering something in from a supplier. It's you're making it and then it's having to then sit on your shelf somewhere and then hopefully you turn that in a good time. And if not, it kind of becomes stale inventory that you potentially have to discount, which is like what every maker does not want to happen, right?
1: Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: So are you selling like um, mostly on, and I love right now that you're working while you're doing this. Why don't you tell everyone, uh, and anyone's listening on the podcast, so they're not necessarily. So Ellen right now is like, I'm watching her, like looking down every once in a while. And you're like, you're like a little machine over there. What are you working on right now? I'm actually, you're hauling after this. This is awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm actually, I'm never not crocheting is what I say. <laughs> um, but I'm actually just making a coffee cozy. I Another little sort of avenue. My business has a lot of, a lot of tiny little avenues, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, Making a coffee cozy because a local coffee shop, nonprofit coffee coffee shop here in Salem um, stocks my coffee cozies. Oh, oh, so, uh, and they asked. I, I actually didn't reach out to them. It was just another one of those things that kind of just fell into place where um, I had a little pop up shop in their shop, and they saw my cozies, and they were like, "We want to have these in our shop. Will you make them for us?" and so I started making them for them, and I've been doing it for about a year. And so, yeah, it's just another little extra thing that I do.
0: <laughs> I think, you know what, I think, though, that's, like, you, that, that, that's the foundation of a great business. Though. Like, those little avenues um, are really – like, I've done the same thing with, with my business, too. It's like we have these little avenues, and once in a while you get a pop off of them. And if you were just focused on, I'm only going to be a designer, right, or I'm only going to do this, and then that's the story you start to tell yourself. Mm-hmm. It kind of blocks you from all these other possibilities. And um like that's that's great because it probably provides, you know, it evens out cash flow and things like that that are just important naturally to the business, um, to fund stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've I always tell my like I tell myself I'm gonna try everything once and see how it goes. And if it works out, then I'll keep going with that. And if not, then I'll just keep going with the other things that do work. So
0: that's cool. So I'd I love to learn a little bit more about the, um, about the pop-up shop. Do you do a lot of, like you, you said you like you, you only do the markets during the holidays Was the pop-up shop, just like a one-off thing that you did or.
1: Um, so the funny thing is, is I focus m- my business largely on Instagram to start out. And, um, so I have my crochet vial on Instagram and it just so happened and I, to use a lot of local hashtags as well.
0: Oh, that's a, that's a great idea.
1: Yeah. So, like, hashtag Salem, Oregon. So, some so this particular coffee shop discovered me through hashtag Salem, Oregon.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: They contacted me via Instagram and said, "Hey, we're having a Small Business Saturday pop-up market for some select artisans in our community. Would you like to be a part of it?" And I was like, yeah, great, because I already had my inventory for my Mm -hmm. craft, which I generally do some of the bazaars at the different high schools. And then also just um, I used to do one down in Albany at an expo center that was a bigger one. Um, But I already have an inventory, so I was like, sure, that sounds great. And it just happened. I did that. And then, um, yeah.
0: (laughs) That's... I think that's, I mean, like, that's, that's such a great idea. Like, you know, to, you know, start local. Like I think, you know, in the world of the internet, it's like, you know, it's national. You're competing against other nationally, like, national now, international. Um, but you like, you're like, okay, I'm going to focus on this. And I, I and like, there's still, there's still uh, thriving businesses to be had have, have locally. And sometimes in the world of like the internet, I mean, I feel like, it's really, like you lose track of that sometimes. Um, yeah. And that's so cool what um I'm interested to like understand like design background like I, I know when I sit down to a design I'm like I'm like kind of grasping I'm like okay what is it that's inspiring to me and I'm usually working more from um, a place where I'm going out onto my warehouse floor and I'm looking at a yarn I'm like okay what should this be and hopefully the yarn speaks to me and then I go from there um, tell me about like your design background and, um, where these patterns come from
1: that's a great question. <laughs> um, design inspiration. Um, when I first started crocheting designs, um, I got a lot of inspiration just from specific stitches. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm the same way. Yeah. I just would look through stitch books, really, honestly, and, um, or, you know, some stitches that I already knew as a maker but i've also looked through you know different stitch books and thought oh that looks like a really fun one i'll try that and i've just kind of through trial and error kind of from that stitch being the starting point thinking what could i use this for you know do i want it to be a hat do i want it to be a scarf should it be a garment you know and then finding other stitches that i feel complement them and then Just kind of going from there. So I guess it just starts with one specific thing, like a stitch, and then just kind of builds and builds and builds until I have like a full idea for a design.
0: That's cool. Do you, are your children like ever the basis for your design work or do they like, do the kiddos get involved in that?
1: I have, I haven't designed a lot of like children's items, but they definitely are fully aware of, like, that I can crochet and that I do yarny things because they're always asking me to make them stuff. But usually stuff <laughs> they're asking me to make, like, I'll be scrolling through Etsy or something, mm-hmm. and some kind of character thing, and they're like, will you make that for me? And so much, now I'm fully able to do, like, amigurumi and stuff. I'm like, yeah, that looks really fun, but I'll make you a hat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I know this, so I'm, I'm curious too, this and because, you know, we have kids that are similar ages, like what sort of arts and crafts do you, or do you do arts and crafts with them? And and what, what does, what does that whole process look like?
1: Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. My oldest actually is really into drawing. Oh, yeah. So I guess I'm saying she's four, but she's not four. She just turned five. So (laughs) I know I'm like, I'm like,
0: I am a two year old. Like when did this happen? (laughs)
1: But so she loves to draw and then my youngest so she's still just she's still only two but she's all into just anything you know painting we do painting together we do you know I'll just give them some random random recycled things and they'll construct little things like I have this weird habit of collecting egg cartons. (laughs) Me
0: too. What are you doing with yours? Because I have a stack like this and I would like, I've, I've been envisioning with mine that we're going to have this massive greenhouse and they're going to be like, you know, like the seedling thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've totally used them for the little seed, you know, pods. And then yes. I, we use them, like we'll paint them and make like Christmas tree, you know, sculpture things. Or I've actually used them for like campfire starters because we do a lot of camping in the summertime. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. we just little crafty things like that we also have a um, a business here in Salem that is um, a kids art studio okay and go in and they have all this stuff and the kids can just like do whatever they want with it and just be creative and so that's really fun too and
0: then they leave the mess there right uh,
1: yes and that's the best because cleaning cleaning up is probably my least favorite part <laughs>
0: Well, I, yeah, I I just introduced slime to Anna last night, my daughter. And at first she was like, and she touched, she was like, ew, ew, disgusting. (laughs) I was like, that's hilarious. And then she saw me playing it and then I got her like into it. Um, But the other, and so that was kind of funny. But the other thing that we've been doing is finger painting. But I don't know, have you seen this? You put the finger paint down on like a canvas and then you wrap saran wrap over it. And then they can finger finger paint through the saran wrap. So it's kind of still like kind of the same sensory thing but without the mess
1: (laughs) I love that I I need to try that I've seen that like on the Pinterest world or somewhere but yeah but yeah we loved that kind of stuff and my kids love slime they're like all about making
0: (laughs) (laughs) big time slime yeah I'm still getting I'm still getting my daughter into the yarn thing um she just I think (laughs) like colors but she hasn't really like figured out she hasn't figured out that how she can use it and she's too little i think but i'm always curious to hear what other moms who are crafty like what they're doing with their kids um
1: yeah i mean i had um one of those little hand looms you know that has the little prongs on it Mm -hmm. natalie actually was able to catch on to doing you know the little loom thing oh that's um, cool making the i-cords so so we might try try and revisit that again because she had a lot of fun with that
0: that's cool I mean there's actually quite a few things you can make with that too with the help of uh mom sewing sewing stuff together yeah what do you think um what do you think the future of crochet like where crochet design is heading um you know because like before Ravelry really like exploded and even Etsy to an extent um you could sort of say like before and after like I, it was like you think the old days of crochet and I, I think just as a non-crochet are like granny squares with very bold weird colors yeah right like really like folky stuff and like now it's morphed into just something you know I want to almost say like in the chipping Joanna Gaines of the world like this sort of very cool posh maker magnolia-esque look and aesthetic which is gorgeous like where do you think where do you think like the next where we're going in the future
1: Oh, that's a really great question. Um, I feel like what makers, at least the people that I've been talking to lately, have been focusing on mainly has been trying to find something unique that hasn't been done before, which is also, was which awesome. is so hard when we're talking about crochet, because there's only so many certain stitches. There's only, you know, so mm-hmm. many. you know, different patterns that you can replicate before like people have seen that. But I've noticed a lot of people experimenting with their style mainly. So I feel like like it becoming more of an art, really. I feel Mm -hmm. like more, uh, maybe not just, you know, the standard patterns, but um, becoming more of like unique, different, really expressions of art.
0: Yeah. So it's not like so much for like a use, right? Like it's.
1: Right. Like, so um, I'm trying to think of some different Instagrams that I've followed, but there's just so many like different facets that Mm -hmm. there's, like you said, the Magnolia sort of, you know, beautiful, like curated photos, which are amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you kind of see more of an eclectic side to it. Uh, people using really bright colors and maybe making things that are meant to be worn just for Instagram, you know, just yeah. to look. They're so yes. cool. Um, and then more of like fiber arts of people making these huge like tapestries and, you know, things that maybe even are being stored in a museum somewhere. You just don't know. But right. um I feel like that's what it's like, what our generation is kind of all about right now is what can we do that doesn't look like everyone else? What can we do yeah. something new? That's exciting. Cause that's what seems to be drawing people in is, Whoa, I haven't seen that before. Like I want to see what they're up to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I, 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 agree with you on that. I was, I was trying to think like what the answer to that question would be, but you know, I'm thinking even in like, I follow a lot of weavers on Instagram and where it was Even like two years ago, it was like, okay, warp uh, warp and weft. And like, it was, I don't want to say it was plain Jane, but it it was a little bit. And now you're seeing like this explosion of this three-dimensional, like it's like, it is because they're using roving in this, like in these really amazing ways. And it's not even like, yeah, we've all seen the braids with the poofs, but like, I follow this one person and like, she's making these flowers. And like, it's coming off of the actual woven, like, Yeah, like you've never seen anything like it so I I agree with you I you know I I I work with um the magazine fiber art now and they're it's it's a great publication and just to see the way I feel like they're like ahead of the curve like these fiber artists are just when they morph fiber you're like like how are people creative it just astounds me (laughs)
1: like how did that start out as yarn like it's it's really a work of art. And yeah, the weaving is really cool too. That's something on my bucket list to try. I've, I've focused primarily on crochet, but I, um, I picked up knitting in January Mm -hmm. and then, um, weaving's on my list for sure. Cause that just looks super fun.
0: It does. And I think that's a super kid friendly thing too. It's funny. I was just going to ask you, um, where are you like personal, personally, where are you looking to develop further into, um,
1: So this year, I have, being that it was my first year designing, I've kind of tried a little bit of everything, Mm -hmm. Um, a little bit of home decor, um, a little bit of accessories, and at the end of this year, I've been putting my hand into garment design. so I'm trying, um, I'm kind of making a goal for myself in 2019, to focus a little bit more heavily on that route. Um, So I have my first garment design coming out in February, um, and that's still under wraps, but that's gonna be really exciting. And I'm kind of, so this year I made a lot of garments from other designers to Mm kind of know, you know, that whole side of things. Cause when I get into garments, it starts to move from, like, just crochet design to, like, fashion design, I feel like.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: And that's, like, a whole new thing to learn about. So, just the different of, like, the different shapes of, like, shirts and...
0: um, Sweaters, tunics, yeah. I, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. I, um, I we deal with the same thing here. It's like you, it's one thing to, I don't want to like diminish almighty cowl or scarf, you know, like everyone's, but when you do, when you start to think about body shapes and how things should be covering what, and you know, what demographic you're focusing on, like those are all things that go into your actual design. So it's becomes this, like it becomes a much bigger ball of wax to put your hands around.
1: Yeah. And it's also so, um, Confusing, I guess, is the only word I can think off the top of my head to decide what um, audience you want to focus on with garments. Because mm-hmm. honestly, like when you think of different fashion brands, like I American Eagle, like right. they target a younger audience or, you know, other brands, Lane Bryant, they tar- tar- target a different audience for their mm-hmm. fashion. But one expectation I've noticed in the crochet community, and I don't or know if you've experienced it well, is that you're expected to make like sizes from like child size up to like five X, which you can't please everyone, but I feel like I'm a people pleaser, so I'm not sure how to reach like everyone because obviously every size of garment isn't going to fit every shape of body especially for women because we're so and so that's another thing I'm going to be discovering in 2019 is where I want to go with that and who I want to focus my audience on yeah um, to reach the most women um and make sure the most people are being able to enjoy my patterns Mm -hmm. um but also be able to do it in a way that is quality from my end because I want to I always want to produce something that's right you know going to fit someone the right way they want it to <laughs>
0: yeah i mean like when you talk about goals like that you know i go to this business this business part of my mind and i like you know actually maybe considering doing like a marketing strategy just layout like you know we we think about um like we'll do persona generation to make sure that like what we're making and what we're designing in-house really serving our audience, or is it like, okay, this is cool, but it doesn't serve the darn good yarn, like, you know, the, the perfect customer, and and like, will our customers who follow us, they're going to be like, Nicole, what the hell were you thinking on this, and that happens, you know, it, and, you know, we get off track, but sometimes just saying, you know what, this is who I'm going to serve, and going through just that exercise mm-hmm. is very liberating, because then it still gives you a framework, but then you can be creative within that framework, and then you're not, you're not always playing that game of who the heck am i serving because that i think takes up so so much emotional stress right? um, especially when you're juggling so much so um i can give you some tools as well like we use um we're really big fans of the business model canvas here Um, and it's a really it's a a really it's a very visual way to figure out who your customer is and how you're going to serve them Um, and there's like tools online that you like you can just watch some videos on youtube Really like I'm talking five minute video and it walks you through just how to fill out that the canvas um, and there's templates online and that might give you like a little bit of clarity on like how you're going to actually proceed with with the creation of garments because it is it's like there's so many sort of micro markets within everything that you've discussed so you're, you're, you're on, you're on point but there's good tools out there that can maybe help steer that.
1: That's awesome. I haven't heard of that tool and I definitely be interested in it. I've been doing some different little exercises of, um, just on my own of, you mm-hmm. know, thinking of my 10, my 10 big words that describe my business and yep. trying to kind of filter down to my perfect audience. Cause yeah. Yeah. I think a- it's, huge.
0: Yeah. It, 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 you know, I start I started and I, I, I remember just telling myself, like, if I could just find a hundred people that are like me, That i can serve like that's a really good business and um and that's sometimes what it is and it's really saying okay but this is really really who i'm um serving anytime that i step outside of that trying to people please everyone Mm -hmm. i've actually needed darn good yarn and i made that mistake and then you have to backtrack and then you go back and move forward so um that's been you know i think that's like sort of the fun of 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 a creative business it's like to be creative, but sometimes creating that framework is very liberating um, mm-hmm. versus trying to do it all, which I am I mean, we're all guilty of doing that, but oh yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I have so little time. So it's like, I, I come in, I have to be laser focused on what I'm doing.
1: <laughs> now, getting organized. I feel like this, this time of year, we're all focused on that, right? Like mm-hmm. what's our resolution? How are we all going to get organized?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Someone gave me a good comparison one time. This is Erica, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You should be Pina Gallery off Pina Gallery off screen here. Come on. I was going to say, someone suggested or put it in perspective for me that really helped us. If you think of your commitments and obligations and just things you want to do in general as balls, so you have your glass balls and your rubber balls, and if you like, you know, forgetting to pick your kids up from school, that's a glass ball. It's it's kind of irreparable damage. Yes but if you don't get to something that you promised a colleague for that's probably a rubber ball your relationship with them will bounce back yeah i love yeah. that
1: i've never heard that that's genius that makes sense. <laughs> it doesn't you think it is you can only juggle so many balls to begin with and then it's, how to prioritize them
0: that's 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 pretty good
1: that's really good Hold on for erica today
0: that's man philosophy hour with erica <laughs> i like it
1: <laughs> I'm the fact that i I dropped my kid off at school this morning with a hot chocolate stain on her sweatshirt is not a glass ball. (laughs) No, it's not. No.
0: (laughs) My, um, I don't know if this is a rubber ball, a glass ball, or I just get mom of the year on this one. So I was, you know, I I Snapchat with like some of the people on our our team here. We, I mean, we have a great team, but it was a kind of a funny video and my daughter was freaking out. So it was like a selfie. So you could see her over my shoulder and he watches her going la, la, la. and then she trips and falls backwards on her butt she didn't get hurt but you just see her going like Poof, you know like <laughs> falling backwards in such slow motion and it was like hashtag mom of the year right there
1: oh my gosh i've had so many of those moments i'm yeah i got a knock on wood that we haven't had like an er visit yet it's it's tough it's tough juggling especially when I try not to work too much when they're awake, but mm-hmm. the reality, I have to, like, there's only, only so many hours in a day and um, there's definitely those days where I have a deadline or something and I'm like, okay, watch this, like, educational thing on your tablet for an hour and I'm going to do this and then we'll go play at the park after, you know? Yeah. And we just have to do it and make it happen.
0: That's cool. I mean, like, that's, I, 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 I hear you. And it's, um, I think that juggle, like it's been the common theme of so many people. It's, and it's kind of like, I, I think for me, uh, a little frustrating since having a child, like I used to be able to go like pretty much ham on my work all day. Right. And go like, Okay. Yeah. If I, if this project needs 16 hours of my attention, I'm there. And now I'm like, oh, my God, I have six hours, like, and I need to rock and roll. Um, and that's when I think I actually started to be a better business person because you're like, okay, what tool, there's a tool out there that I can use, like, you know, the business model canvas. That you know, we can just get this down. Okay, move on to the next thing. And then you actually become more efficient and effective. You right. Have this other stuff. But it is still, I mean, that hustle, that hustle's real.
1: It really, really. <laughs> I know. And I'm actually thinking about taking an Instagram break next week because, um, I've been trying to do a lot more batch prepping of my, um, just my business in general. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm so behind on everything. I need to just take a week to like take a month's worth of Instagram photos, design a pattern for the next couple months, like Mm -hmm. get, everything in order and then head back to it because sometimes you just need that refresh button because you just have so many balls in the air and you get to that point where you're like where do i go next
0: yes yeah i I definitely feel (laughs) you luckily (laughs) luckily though i have people like erica in my life and um and like knowing when to just say okay is what i'm doing the highest value or is it something that i can maybe like delegate usually it's delegate I'm, i'm usually not the highest his value anymore on too many things, so. But have you ever thought of like looking to get like an intern or something to work with you, like once a week even?
1: Yeah, I've definitely thought about, um, I, I really totally understand the importance of delegating and having a team. <laughs> and um, I think it's just definitely for me more of a commitment thing, like I need to make a commitment to let the business grow. Um, but it's definitely a hard commitment for me because I still prioritize staying at home with the kids as number one. Yeah. But as the kids are getting older, I think I'm definitely going to be able to take that route more seriously. Yeah. Um, Natalie starts kindergarten next year, so she'll be in school full time. Mm-hmm. And Elsie um, will be in, uh, in preschool. So I'll have a lot more time to myself to kind of organize things and see what I need help with or what I can do for myself. Oh, um, so yeah, I definitely have like long-term goals that involve outsourcing.
0: <laughs> there's so many good websites out there, you know, like even Upwork and um, there's a couple of like virtual assistant, you know, pretty great. I mean, you can find great virtual assistants through Upwork and I've done that in the past and it's been just, that, you know, just please just go do this for me. Cause I can't, I, I don't have the mental capacity to do it right now. But.
1: Yeah. I actually, I haven't thought about that to do it more of a, have a virtual assistant. That's a good idea. Yeah.
0: See I mean? There's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of folks out there and I I know on Upwork, you know, especially if you put, you know, needs to have a crafting background or a background, there are folks out there that can like totally help with that. So, um, I
1: know, um, one, I think one of the first things I might outsource is tech editing for my patterns. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Time consuming.
0: Well, if anyone's listening right now that uh, does have some tech editing, like experience, you reach out to us and we can we can maybe set you up in <laughs> interview. Yeah. Um, we might actually have someone so I'll have to reach out to them and see if they're interested. But yeah, if anyone's out there, um, maybe that's your first job posting. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I want to wrap things up today. Um, I always like to end each show, um, just for our listeners with like, what's the best advice that you've ever been given, either professionally or personally?
1: Um, I was actually toying around with what I was going to say to answer this question, because I noticed it was the first one on the interview. (laughs) Um, But And I can't think of a specific piece of advice, but I always just have this in mind from the successful makers in our community that I've kind of looked up to um, for years. And it just seems to me like you have to number one, be yourself and number two, kind of wear your confidence on your sleeve Mm -hmm. and allow yourself to just accept who you are and be that because you're the only you and you're the only one that can, um, Kind of portray yourself in the most authentic way. Yeah, so being confident, far yeah. and being yourself. I think that's something I'm trying to embrace, and um, I feel like the most successful people out there are cool with themselves, and other people see that, and it's it's just it's contagious. It makes you feel great about their business and who they are as a person. And so that's what I try to strive to be.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's, that's, that's really, that's a really nice way to end that. Um, super. Well, I want to thank you. Um, Ellen and I want to, we'll put, um, Erica will put all of the tags and handles um, so people can find you on Instagram, your Instagram feed is so beautiful too. So I'm excited for people to follow you. Um, yeah. And, Thanks so much for joining us and all of, to all of our listeners out there, thank you for joining us again for uh, this week's Made With Love Experiment. Um, yeah, and that's it. We'll talk to you all later. Bye.
1: Bye. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>